You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 395 of Podcateers. This week we talk about Larry's experience with Genie Plus, changes to the lightsaber building experience at Sabi's workshop, we ponder a very important question about Lightning McQueen, Eternals is coming to Disney Plus, and Pixar's Turning Red will be the third film in a row without a theatrical release going straight to Disney Plus. We'd love to hear your thoughts on things that we talked about in this episode. To join the conversation, you can connect with us over on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd love for you to join our growing community over on Discord. Joining is super simple. You just head on over to podcateers.com slash 395 and click on the Discord logo on the page to join us. Or you can use the invite link provided in our pinned Instagram stories. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to help you out, but we'd love to see you there. Before we start the podcast, we'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discounts for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our monthly happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And of course, as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So it's time to do the podcast thing, but before we do, I just want to say, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We hope that you like what you hear and that you come back for more, and if you've been hanging with us for some time now, we're glad that you're here. So let's get this thing going. Here is episode 395 of Podcateers. That's a good one, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, I close my eyes now, like I'm making a wish. <laughs> you know what? That's just that's right. You know what it is? We're all in sync. Like I'm. Oh. I don't know if I told you, but I'm super late to the party in watching Cobra Kai, and so we're in the season where like the daughter and like the kid that they brought in. I don't I don't know if I should ruin it, but they're doing this exercise where they're walking around this pond thing and they're trying to like feel each other's senses and everything else. That's what happened right now. We're so <laughs> in sync right now with everything. It's tearing up my heart, but we did it. As long as you don't keep Wrong that. in sync, right? Yeah, don't Wrong in no, sync. No, 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 no. Watch out. We're about to start a whole fight right. here. You can't right, see well, me. I did the we'll little say bye-bye-bye to this part of the conversation. Okay. <laughs> Bite my tongue there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many things to talk about today. Andrew, what did you say the anniversary was today? It's the saddest anniversary. Recording, we are recording on the 10th of January, 2022. It is six years since the passing of Aladdin Musical Spectacular at Disney's California Adventure in the Hyperion Ooh. Theater. Yeah, Christmas, oh, Christmas time. This is crazy. The saddest <laughs> song in the world. Yeah, it's it's a sad day. Please b- bow your head. At least it's still winter. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> if we get into Christmas in July, <laughs> for everyone's ears, we're gonna be in so much trouble. 
Wah, wah, you know, wah. YouTube is oh. going to be like, oh, that is dead on. Copyright strike. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sounded a lot like uh, Scuttle, that last part. Wah, 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 oh, wah, there it is. <laughs> Hazen's blowing out the microphone. I know, right? Roasted. I, was, I, was, I just, just looked at my meter and... on my microphone and it blew to red. <laughs> and it never went back. All right. Cut it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Keep it man. in, double okay. it. Well, uh, yeah, it is sad. I mean, but hey, look, on the plus side, now we know that Rogers the Musical is making its way to California Adventure, and it's going to be the show that's going to be presented for the next 10 years, maybe. Right? If only. If only. Right? You could do it all day. Wait, are we supposed to say it's not <laughs> nice going <one>. to? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that we're supposed is, to say oh, it's right. never no, coming. Yeah, we, it's never going to yeah, happen. It's right. never going to happen. Yeah. It's never going <laughs> to happen. I'm a, a not in this universe, nope. it's not. Not, nope. no, no way. <laughs> not in this multiverse. Not in this timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sadly, uh, we had plans to go to the park this week, and we had to cancel them. Things weren't looking great, and, you know, we just decided that it was too much of a risk to go this week, so... Uh, we still have a reservation for February. We're hoping that in February things calm down a little bit more, you know, and, crossing and it'll our fingers. be, yeah, we're, we're crossing our fingers that Everybody. we'll be able to go. And it, it I have to say that it kind of hurt because we were, we were kind of dragging it as close to the day as possible. Cause you know how you can cancel up to the day before mm-hmm. uh-huh. we were pushing it and pushing it as much as we could because I think after you cancel two or three times, they begin penalizing you for, for making a reservation and then canceling it or something. I think there's actually a penalty for that at like baked into the terms and conditions of the magic key. So I'm sad because I didn't get a chance to see the Christmas stuff in the parks this year. And I'm all about that stuff. And it was going to be the last day of the holidays at Disneyland that we were going to go last Friday and we didn't go. And so now I'm kind of bummed out, but you know, safety first. Yep. And amen. The, the way that I see it is Disneyland's always going to be there. Of you course. know, it, it's always, there's always going to be a holiday thing. And so if I didn't get a chance to see it this time, okay, well I'll see it the next time. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, am I sad? Yes. Will I get over it? Yes. But I know that, was it just you, Larry, or did anybody else get a chance to hit up the parks? Because, Larry, you were there for New Year's Eve, weren't you? Yes, I snuck in on New Year's Eve. I got in there, and then I did go before that, the day after Christmas, December 26th, too. I used Genie Plus that day. Genie Plus. On New Year's Eve or the day after Christmas? The day after Christmas. Really? How was that experience? Well... Um, <laughs> that makes it sound real good. You're crazy, dude. <laughs> oh, it works. Well. I heard everybody it, take their wallet out as soon as you said that. <laughs> you will. <laughs> it works if you want to. Like the main built part of it is getting on rides. Yes, it works for that feature. Uh, and just to give a little bit more background, so then people know the situation I was in. I was there with my wife and my niece. So it was three Genie Plus mm-hmm. passes we were getting at $20 a pop, um, which, you know, still not a family of four. That's usually your average, right? Yeah. But when we used it, uh, the thing 
it was interesting. I was lucky enough that my niece already, she had went to the park previously when Genie Plus launched. She used it with her friends. And I was lucky she was there because it was for the first time in a long time I got a piece of technology and I felt like, how do you use this? <laughs> that That's bad, right? You know, you're like the average consumer. You want it to be able to to be an easy, accessible thing. But man, it is... It is a lot going on in the apps. Very busy. It does feel like immediately when you get in, you're getting pushed to be put into like certain criterias of your day. And then you finally get to the rides, like scrolling through everything. Like, oh, there's the ride I'm trying to get to. You know, and I think the best thing to tell anybody is that if you want to use it for the rides, just be prepared to like give yourself a part of your experience is going to be like you get on a ride and then you want to book the next thing. Like you're always going to be doing that. It does take that away too. My wife mentioned that she became like the main basically person overall, like guiding the the, the genie plus. Cause she's like, if we paid 60 bucks, we're going to use the sucker today. Right. right. <laughs> so that was, that was the plan. And most of the time, like we got on a, a ride, she was there trying to get the next one. Cause she, she was just trying to navigate through the app. Uh, and I'll admit that's just broadly looking at it in scope. It was, it worked. But heads up, it is a bit of a monster to scroll through. So did you guys use wow. the um, the feature where it can plan your day and you put the like, I want to get on this ride, this ride, this ride, this ride today? Or are you just using it for um, lightning lane in general? I'm glad you asked that. We wanted to avoid that part of having to plan our day. We were like, let's just see what it's like to use it for what, as we all used to all know, Max Pass. Right. Okay. That's the goal. And uh, immediately, good thing you bring that up, because uh, we could see Indiana Jones was impacted quickly. That mm -hmm. ride, out of all the rides for Lightning Lane, was like, boom. Immediately, we were there fairly early, like 9 a.m. or so. But by that point, it was ready by midday. Like that ride was slammed, but all the rest had like about an hour return time. Gotcha. How many attractions did you get an opportunity to go on as you selected throughout the day? See, there's the key too. On the 26th of December, 2021, we were able to get on, I think we got on at least 10 attractions. Yeah. So that, that was good. I mean, that's a good day and that's splitting between parks Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. We did hop that day. Do you think that the so park best. was because I know you've been there several times in December, November. How would you gauge attendance the 26th versus the other days? And do you think that the attendance impacted your experience with uh, Genie Plus that day? Like, do you think you would have gotten 10 if it was higher attendance, basically? No, I think you're on to it there. I think if there was more people there on the 26th, it would have been harder. I think if what we saw in Indiana Jones was any sign of what could Disney Genie Plus look like, things fill up fast. Yeah, that, that it wouldn't have happened that good. And you need somebody like I told you before, like navigating, like you have to pick a person to navigate on the app as it is to do it for you. So it kind of takes away again from that experience. I would say if you're comparing crowds, still the Halloween time when I went, nothing has matched that crowd since then. That has been the largest crowds I've seen at Disney in a long time, uh, pre-pandemic. But it was fairly busy. I would say moderately busy, higher. It was 
not as busy as New Year's Eve, but still busier than a, like a day where you walk in and like by 10 or 11, things are starting to feel a little crowded on Main Street, something like that. Got it. By any chance, did you get an opportunity to do Rise that day? <laughs> Out of all the things you mentioned, that's the one. No, we didn't do Rise because, you know, that's like a, another additional pass a, or whatever. Like that additional $20 for that one, right? Right. The, the Lightning Lane add-on, like you're adding on for that one. So we were like trying to stay away from that as much as possible because the last time we were lucky enough before this Genie Plus rolled out, we all did go to go there, uh, my wife and my niece. We got on that like three times, although it did have a couple of times. It broke down when we were waiting mm-hmm. the queue, but we got on it a bit. So we were okay with not getting on, but I didn't take a good enough look to see what the availability was for the day for that reason. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been fully monitoring social media to see what the reception for Genie Plus is, but... I know it hasn't been 100% positive. I know that there's been a lot of people that have had some issues with it. Out of curiosity, did you happen to compare the wait times that the app had that day compared to what you were probably experiencing while standing in line and what was posted on the attraction? Hazen, I did my homework. (laughs) Good job. I remember you mentioning this, and my niece could vouch for I was getting in line each time, and I would use the watch timer feature on my Apple Watch to see the matchup like times and then look at what we waited and then see what the wait time was. And I could say, like, what you've been referencing, the lines sometimes are skewed. Like, literally, let me give you an example. We saw a wait time for Haunted Mansion early in the well, the holiday Haunted Mansion for 45 minutes posted outside the ride. There was not a 45 minute wait, and we were taking just like the regular, you know, Genie Plus. I mean, not regular, but we're using the Genie Plus line, and we were seeing the regular line. It was like 15 minutes. It was definitely not 45. That was one of the biggest, like, whoa, what the heck happened there? Um, And then I'll admit, like, if I want to get to more of a closer gauge, for example, New Year's Eve to December 26th, like just getting in line on New Year's Eve. I didn't have Genie Plus that day. I just did, a, again, I would put the timer on my watch, see what the wait time was, and that was a busier day. And I'd say that there was some substantial differences in time. Like you were able to get on a ride quicker, quicker excuse me, than what was posted on the times that's Disney's giving on the app. So there is a little bit of, I would say either they're still learning data at that time or they're skewing the data to get people on different parts of the park. Like we kind of mentioned could be happening. Yeah. Well, and it's like on the app, they're like showing from, from what I've been seeing on social media, I haven't experienced myself, but the wait time in the app is different than the wait time posted in person. You got and it. And like the wait time, like, and then the genie plus wait time where it says, Oh, skip, use the lightning lane because over there right now it's 400 minutes or whatever. Yep. And then it says 35 minutes, you know, to yep. be very exaggerated. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's a tough pill to swallow, right? Because mm-hmm. I fully understand that throughout the pandemic, Disney lost money at the same time there's been so many changes that are seemingly affecting uh, a lot of the park goers that frequented the park you know Disneyland is very much a Southern California park you know the majority of people that visit are from Southern California and 
a lot of those people feel slighted at this point, you know, because of how magic he was being treated and some people are having a really difficult time getting uh, a reservation, especially at the beginning. I feel like now it's a little different and I'm not sure if it's because more people are stepping up. There is some talk about uh, a class action lawsuit or something that's happening against Disney because of the fact that uh, reservations couldn't be made by magic key holders you know it a lot of people felt like it was a bait and switch and i think early on we had discussed the possibility of disney making more slots available for tickets and that's apparently what's happening like a lot of people really began to feel like that uh, i'm not exactly sure where all of that stands right now but i know that there was some rumblings of that going on at the moment uh, the skewing of the times, that's a little harder to swallow because it's it's there, right? It's visually in front of you. And if mm -hmm. let, let's suppose, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. And let's suppose that Disney was making more tickets available for day one purchases. I'm not saying that they were. I'm just saying let's play devil's advocate. At least that's hidden. It doesn't make mm -hmm. it right. I'm just saying, you know, it wasn't in plain sight. What makes the Genie Plus thing bad is that, like you said, Andrew, the app, the posted, and then the Genie Plus times are all out of sync, yeah. you know? And if you're walking around and if the app is as difficult to maneuver as Larry's saying, and look, Larry's a technically inclined dude, man. Like, he knows what he's doing with He's technology. no slouch. Yeah, so <laughs> if somebody that's already technically inclined is saying, this is really busy, this has a lot to do, you know, with your experience, then people might say, ah, forget it, you know, just buy it and just get it over with. And we won't have to wait in this 400 minute line. Again, exaggerating time frames just for the sake right. of conversation. A lot of people have said that Disney is pur purposely skewing the numbers in order to get more people to adopt Genie Plus. Uh -huh. And if more people adopt it, then they'll start aligning the times a little bit better. Are they doing that? I don't know. I can't say one way or another. It is speculation uh, just based on the experiences and the stories that we've heard coming out of people going to the park. Is it going to go away? I hope that this is one of those instances where, like you said, Larry, they just don't have enough data. They're still learning it. And hopefully by summertime, everything will align and they'll know exactly how to align everything. Because I will say that Disneyland has a huge problem right, right now with staffing. They have had a huge problem with cast members. There are cast members that are getting sick from COVID and they're calling out. They're not able to go to work. So if you take that into consideration, yes, you know, you can't run everything on a limited staff as much as you would want to. Things will not function properly if you have limited staff. So until you have the full force of the cast members behind everything that was happening, just like it was prior to the pandemic, then yeah, I think we're going to begin to see things align a little bit more. Things are going to begin to feel more normal when it comes to using these apps and feeling like you're not being cheated. I think that's a big part of it. I think people are feeling cheated because of the fact that there's a misalignment because there just isn't enough people to handle everything that's going on, all of the changes and dealing with the pandemic on top of all of these changes. That's a good point. 
if I had to give one hack for everybody on Genie Plus, which a cast member let me know, I appreciate them doing this out of I wish I got your name. We were getting on to the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Once you use Genie Plus and you've made your reservation for the ride, what happens is when you get to the front part, just like MaxPass was, they have a part or FastPass return where you have to scan your phone in. And back in the day, what was really nice, which doesn't happen as seamlessly as it used to, the app would like prompt just boom, here comes your pass of would now be your Genie Plus Lightning Pass, right? Mm-hmm. I will say it's not as intuitive as that used to be when I used it. And the cast member already knew because this was like slowing down lines for Genie Ah. Plus Lightning Lane line to get in. So what they told me is once you make your reservation like through Genie Plus to use that Lightning Lane, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy, just pull up your ticket because it's linked to your ticket afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it's faster to get. They literally were accepting. It's faster to get to your ticket and scan and then go through the lightning lane, then going back into Genie Plus and finding that reservation. They weren't – now, I'm not putting them on the record saying, like, oh, they were downplaying it, like, oh, it's a terrible part. They would literally just say, we're trying to help you. It's connected to your ticket. So once you make the reservation there, it's a little bit faster to, boom, use your ticket, get in there, and then you get in the line a little quicker. That's good to know. Yeah, Very it's a good, good shortcut. Know. I don't know. Has anybody tried and they open an app – and then there's a lamp right there under Genie. Has anybody tried to rub that lamp and see if anything happens? Maybe that makes it work better. You have to rub the <laughs> lamp awesome. on the app. Right. You magically just get three wishes from Disney. Gosh, yeah, that three, would be great. Three fast passes. Wow, that is a <laughs> three cool idea. Lamp. Seriously. Anybody tried rubbing that lamp? I don't know. Genie. I wish for this service to go away. Yeah, I wish for your freedom. <laughs> I wish for No, your it's going to last <laughs> forever. You're it's right. going to be here forever. It's too late. We already wish for his freedom. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody out there has had an opportunity to use Genie Plus and especially the feature of it planning out your day for you, uh, I'd be interested in hearing how that went because... Uh, and I, I know we talked about this not being particularly for us. And Larry, I appreciate you getting it and giving it a shot to kind of give us, you know, what the experience was like, uh, because you're right. I mean, per person, family of four and everything, it, it gets expensive, right? Just for the opportunity to get these passes. And if the lines aren't as long as they're being posted, then maybe we just select a handful of attractions that we want to board that day. And we say, OK, well, this is all we're going to do. We're going to get a corn dog and then, you know, watch the fireworks and then call it a day. And if anything else is available, then great. That's icing on the cake, right? After mm-hmm. all, we are magic key holders, so we can kind of go back whenever, as long as things don't hit the fan as they have been at times. But, uh, you know, for a long time, we used a service called Touring Plans. And Touring Plans... I mean, they have so much data from years and years of Mm -hmm. uh, research and people uh, submitting times that the algorithm that they use for planning your day with touring plans is fantastic. And if you ask me which one of the two I would use, based on the experience of what people keep saying... I'm probably going to stick with touring plans for a while until and it's we cheaper. Hash everything out. And it's cheaper. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. You like know, by a lot. I think that's a good hack too. 
I really do. Yeah. Larry, you shook your head when I mentioned it. Have you used Turing plans before? Well, there's what I was going to lead to. On January 1st, when things were busier, I mean, excuse me, December 31st, New Year's Eve, um, that's when I decided to pull up Turing plans. I was like, let's see what this works out being now that I've used Genie Plus a few days ago, and then I've gotten a couple of lines, and I, and it worked well. I got on Snow White, I think, and then I jumped on to Alice, because then usually don't ever get on. I never at that time of day go to Fantasyland. But it was like midday. I was still waiting, still propping up by close by the castle to get by the fireworks for uh, the New Year's Eve celebration. So that's where I was kind of staying in the realm of the area. And I was trying to figure out what's best plan. And just quick, one of the funniest things I heard waiting on one of the lines is there's this family walking by me and my niece and wife. And then the family, she's on this call with uh, with somebody. And, you know, perfect example, mom, you got kids yelling and there's kids like <laughs> crying. And she goes, being in line is a part of Disneyland, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of the best things ever. It was what? so good. Mom. So, oh, yeah, exactly. My so feet are She's not wrong. She's not. <laughs> it was not a good wrong. one. It was so you good. You're going to learn today. Day. <laughs> Back in my day, we had paper tickets, and we brought them up, and they said, this is my fast pass. I mean, there have been some record-breaking lines, you know, like obviously with Rise opening, uh, Galaxy's Edge in general opening, the opening of Star Tours, which they had to keep the park open because there was just so many people. The opening of Indiana Jones had like a five-hour-plus line when it first opened. So, you know, I mean, look – She's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Standing in line is a part of the experience perfect. regardless of the park that you go to. Are there ways of facilitating that? Yes. And that's what Disney's banking on, right? That you have a kid that complains enough and then they pay the 20 bucks and then they're like, how do you use this app? And then the five-year-olds are like, this is how you do it. And then <laughs> you know, they get on. Maybe. So, Maybe. <laughs> that's a bad example. <laughs> Just like Roblox, like do 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 or whatever they do. Yeah. <laughs> we well, uh, like I said, if any of you have gone and used uh, Genie Plus, especially with the Plan My Day feature, uh, we'd love to hear about how that experience was and was it the the experience that you were expecting. You know, because, you know, I think you have some expectations whenever you go. You have some attractions that you want to hit, and it does allow you to select some of them. But I'm not sure how it acts when those attractions are filled uh, already with other Genie Plus itineraries, right? I, I don't know if it just tells you at some point, yeah, we can't add this to your day. You know, choose something else or anything. So curious to hear about that. And if you've used touring plans, we'd love to hear the comparison between the two of them. So uh, we'd love for you to join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But really, we'd love for you to join us over on our Discord server. Uh, if you are not yet subscribed, it's super easy. Head on over to Instagram. Check for the Instagram, uh, the Instagram story. Click on the link. Uh, if you don't have the app, you could just quickly download it, ask you a couple of questions, and you're good to go. We'd love to have you there uh, as part of our growing Discord community. Uh, hey, since you were there, were you in Galaxy's Edge for a long time? Uh, enough to get a Ronto wrap. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm, the time, yeah. I'm curious because I know that 
the couple of times that I've had an opportunity to just kind of hang out at Galaxy's Edge, the line to Sabi's workshop was out the door, right, of Doc Andor. So how was it now? Because I, I've heard that the lightsaber not only has gone up in price, but they've made some changes to the carrying uh, mm-hmm. ability of said lightsaber in the park. Yeah, I've heard about that story too. It's you know <clears throat> interesting you bring that up because I did do the Savi's workshop myself way early back in the day. But when I was there that day, the line was, I would say, the same amount you're used to seeing. Not as bad as it could be where it's like out, but the demand's still there. So mm-hmm. that's definitely you know what we're hearing now from this story. It's surprising because it could be kind of a bummer, honestly. Mm. Bummeroni. Yeah. Yeah. So those, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, uh, there was some reports that the lightsaber, which uh, the experience in Sabi's workshop was about $200. And as part of that $200 experience, you got the entire show. You got an opportunity to build your lightsaber to whatever specifications you wanted. And at the end, you got this nice little carrying case that would protect the lightsaber as you walk through the park. Uh, So the report is now that the lightsaber has gone up in price. It is now $219.99 plus tax. But on top of that, you get a free plastic bag to put it in. And if you want the nice carrying case to go along with it, you have to pay an additional $50 fee. So now the entire uh, lightsaber experience and cost to carry everything is closer to the $300 mark. When before it was about two thirty, maybe with tax. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. <sighs> I mean, would you? I mean, you own the lightsaber, obviously. I've held, yes. you know, a couple that uh, friends have built. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to ask this question because, as a Star Wars fan. I know the answer for most people is, hell yeah, it was worth it. (laughs) Yeah, right. But I also know that for about $300, there are, I hate to say it, but there's much better replicas of lightsabers out there for the the $300 that it now costs. If all of this is true, right? If the bag and everything is true for the extra $50 and everything, you know what I mean? Like, for the $300, I'd rather get the much nicer lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Andrew, it looked like you were going to say something. Well, I, like, I, I just, I'm, so I was looking up, so this whole story has got me all up in, I don't yeah. know. It, so the things I was reading was they say, you know, the plastic bag is the carrying case. And, but it's and free. It's free, but it's, in, well, it's not free. It's included. included. <laughs> oh, included. Yeah, the there you go. Um, because the website, I was looking at the website and the website says, you know, important details, two hundred nineteen ninety nine per lightsaber plus tax. Payment will be due upon arrival. One lightsaber per experience, carrying case included, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the people were saying, well, the cast members were, you know, the line that they're told to say, I'm sure, is, well, this meets the definition of a carrying case, even though that's not what was included before. And so I was just looking up the definition of carrying case on uh, Merriam-Webster, a container with a handle that lets you carry something more easily. So I guess it does technically be, it's technically a carrying case, but that's not the, 
accepted uh what do i want to say like the something understood experience. well it's not the like like generally understood something a carrying case is usually something that is meant to like protect the thing that you're good point you're that's, it right there. Purchase. Yep. that's it um, that's the point but i don't know just raise the price more just make the experience three hundred dollars and give them the case like it why do this this song and dance and make the cast members have to have all these awkward interactions why or why not just take carrying case off the the terms if all you're giving them is a plastic bag Mm -hmm. like why why are we doing this song and dance of Hmm. this is a carrying case and then people get mad and then you know da 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 and they have to spend 50 bucks like if if you don't want to include the carry case anymore don't include the carrying case don't yeah, switch it out for a plastic bag that you can then ask for for free. If yeah. you walked up to the counter, and be <laughs> like, "Can I get a plastic bag?" It's and they'll give point. it to you for free. I only laugh because it's true. Yeah. I'm sorry, Andrew. You can you can walk up to the counter and get it for free, and but it says carrying case included, so it's nothing special. So why? And you know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny that if you went and just asked for it and got it for free, you probably wouldn't have to pay the California five or ten cent tax on getting a plastic bag. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> oh yep. man, yeah, I agree with you, man. Stop making these cast members have all these awkward interactions. Like it's Thank just you. making it harder it's on a them. Good point. Like yeah. because yeah. people are going to get mad. I'm mad, and I'm not even gonna buy one. <laughs> like, right? It the only doesn't make any sense. Is how many lightsabers are gonna break before they leave the gates? Like. Yeah. If they don't, if let's say they can't afford it, and let's say they only had this much for that or a budget, that's not right. I mean, I don't even know, but will they replace a lightsaber part if they need to? I don't yeah. think so. That's what yeah, I was afraid I, of. Well, not in this regime. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. To I mean, look. Regime, I hate but... to say it, but look, Disney. I'm going to give you a freebie if you if this is how you're going to play it. Charge an extra ten or fifteen bucks and call it a warranty or insurance to protect yeah. your lightsaber. You something. know, so that if it breaks while you're in the park or something, you know, you get the parts replaced for free or something. Because I'm sure that the force protection does, plan. Yeah, the force protection <laughs> plan. Yeah, I mean, just car warranty. Oh service. man, now we're giving them ideas. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. We've but, been calling to reach you about your lightsabers, lightsabers and the <laughs> I love it. Perfect. I love it. That's good. I love it. Well, I agree with you. Hey, I have to ask you a question before we finalize this. You know, since we're talking about insurance, maybe you, one of you will have an answer to this. And if none of you do, maybe somebody listening will have an answer to this. But Lightning McQueen, does he buy life insurance or car insurance? Oh, my gosh. That's it. You know I what? Know. I There's... Th- does he buy I'm insurance? Gonna car. I'm gonna say car. I'm gonna say life insurance. I'm gonna be the. I'm gonna I... be the opposite. He's alive. Now, I mean, does, okay, well, I guess. Like, it so, so maybe Lightning McQueen gets life insurance. Well, no, he probably gets medical insurance. <laughs> maybe he just <laughs> insurance is his. He has health care. Like Taylor Swift does their legs. And then maybe you know, like then Max has. <laughs> Mac has That's car insurance. It's Whitney Houston's <laughs> legs. Is that like something? No, Mac gets car insurance. 
because of you know he has to transport stuff. There and you then, go. There and you then go. the and queen you, gets he health got it. insurance. <laughs> You're breaking it down. Then Mac also has health insurance. So does there that mean is. that Ramon can't get? car insurance oh, because no. because technically oh. when a car is modded yeah. it can no longer get insurance but it's yeah. health insurance he's not getting car insurance he's getting health insurance that's like saying getting a tattoo gets you make you exempt for health insurance but don't some yep. medical insurances <laughs> refuse to cover you if you have pre-existing conditions not in the state of california but they're not in california they're <laughs> in arizona technically it. Well, I don't know if the rules are they're not in California. Dun, dun. <laughs> so many questions. I object. <laughs> Badgering the oh, witness. Look, we'll put up a we- poll, okay? We'll just put up okay. a poll and we'll let other people decide. Is it life insurance or is it car insurance? Council is testifying goes, for the... <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I watched too many. I don't know. uh, Oh, right. Lightsabers. Lightsabers. (laughs) A 10 cent fee for a plastic bag. Yes. Um, Yeah, I I agree with you, Andrew. I think the best solution for all of this is just raise the price and just call it what it is, right? You're raising the price and just say that everything's included again because you made a, a fantastic point. Since the pandemic changed how we experience the parks, really the cast members are the ones that are suffering the most because there's so many people that have been used to experiencing the park in a certain way that, yeah, I get it. Not everybody likes change. A lot of people expect things to be the same from the last time that they went. They're never going to be like they used to be, sadly. You know, that's, I think, uh, a reality check that we all need to have. Things are changing, and they're just going to continue changing the way that they are. But... The brunt of what's happening right now is happening to the cast members. So anything I think the company can do to make it easier for cast members to deal with with these things. And like you said, don't give them a song and dance that they have to do and say like, oh, well, technically it's considered a case because it's got a handle on that plastic bag. No, you're right, Andrew. A case is meant to protect something. It's not a, a carrying vessel. It is something to protect what you purchase. And so, yeah, I, if anything, I would say give the cast members better tools and just call it what it is. It's a price hike, right? Just, mm-hmm. just, just, just call it that. And just say that that's the new yeah. price for the experience. Price went up and, but we're getting, you get the case again. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think before we continue uh, and we get more heated about the situation for a lightsaber <sighs> that I'm not going to purchase, uh, however, I might consider getting one once the new technology is available where you hit it and the hilt just goes and it just kind of pops up then I might consider getting one because that's dope Mm -hmm. Um, but before that let's thank our FGP squad yes let's thank the FGP squad (laughs) what is the FGP squad well I'm glad that you asked a bunch of cool cats and kittens a couple of you out there listening were like what is that what are they talking about well dear listener the FGP Squad is a wonderful group of listeners uh, that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. Uh, the FGP Squad, or as we like to call them, our podcast fairy godparents, get some exclusive perks by being a part of the FGP Squad family, like uh, access to our happy hour calls, additional content on Patreon, discount codes for new gear, 
first dibs at new Podcateers gear, uh, random giveaways, and all sorts of stuff. And by the way, the next FGP happy hour call is coming. It's in the works. We didn't it's, forget about you. We didn't. Uh, with all the holidays and everything going on, we knew that it was going to be difficult for people to get together. So we just kind of opted to let everybody celebrate the holidays. And so now we're getting back to it. We're doing it January style for the next happy hour call. I don't know what that means, but it felt appropriate because it's January. I'm being literal. Yeah. I don't know. The point is it's <laughs> happening. It's coming. And if you're part of the FGP squad family, you do get an opportunity to join us on those happy hour calls. If you are interested in becoming a part of the FGP squad, head on over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information. There you will find a list of some of our top contributors, a uh, link to our Patreon, and uh, some other information about the FGP squad in general. So uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. But of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, so Eternals is coming to Disney Plus uh, oh. this week, actually, the day that this yeah. episode releases. Did any of you get an opportunity to watch that at the movies nope. or a drive-in or anything like that? No, nope. didn't get a no. chance. Did you want to? Nope. I did. I just kind of let it slip by. Like, talk about yeah. the holidays. I mean. Because yeah. it so, came right before, <laughs> what, Thanksgiving? Uh, it yeah. did. It did. Yeah. And, you know, I when there's a film that I don't know enough about and you know, Eternals was definitely one of those films that the characters, I just don't know enough about them to be able to talk about them. I, I really did my best to stay away from social media because uh, I knew that the cast and I knew that the story behind it was going to be different enough that people were going to say it wasn't a Marvel film, that it wasn't it wasn't going to live up to the standards of what they felt a Marvel film should be, right? Sadly, that did turn into uh, a talk about representation and everything, which should never have been the case, right? You know, I think we've made leaps and bounds forward as far as representation in films. And the fact that so many people were represented in this film, I think is fantastic. But it did turn into that, and I think there is a common trend amongst listeners and viewers of any type of content where if there's something idealistically that you don't believe in or something as stupid as an ad in the middle of what you're listening to, boom, negative review, one star. <laughs> as a matter of fact, we've been subject to that before where people didn't like that all of a sudden we're like, but they talk about their real life. It's like, well, that's a thing, right? Like, with, yeah, it, real life happens. It's our experiences. So sorry. I, I don't know what to say to that. And so there were a lot of headlines about the negative reviews for Eternals. Our situation was that we were trying to be really, really safe because, you know, health stuff. And so we really weren't going out to the movies. We made an exception for Spider-Man because we thought about going to the drive-in and everything. And as a matter of fact, knowing that the drive-in was also playing Eternals, I figured, okay, well, maybe we'll go the week after. But the week that Spider-Man released was the last week they played Eternals <laughs> at the drive-in that we were going to go to. Of course so, it was. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it was close enough that 
we knew that it was going to be coming to Disney Plus this week. It gets released. Uh, I'm, you know, I want to open, I want to approach this with an open mind. I want to try not to let people's reviews of the film tarnish sure. how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't have much to say about this one, but I'm excited to watch it because the Eternals does set up a lot of the stuff that comes forward uh, in the next phase. So, uh, you know, I hope that it does that in a way that as a comic book fan, I can walk away thinking like, okay, this wasn't Captain Marvel. Right. Which, right. Which I, I, okay, look, I've seen Captain Marvel again since then. Ever since she gave me that shout out at California Adventure, she's kind of growing on me. I have to admit, <laughs> I don't feel like I did about Captain Marvel as much anymore. It but, happens. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah definitely. Which, yeah. But it's also like a, it, it is definitely like this is an origin story movie. Like, and those just kind of get a bad rap in general because it's a lot of just exposition. It's a lot of like, we are here because of this thing and we have to do this. And then here's this guy and this is his power. And here's there's and there's like nine of them or whatever. So we got to show them all. So I'm sure that, you know, it's probably not the best Marvel movie. I mean, that's that, there's 20 whatever of them. So it's hard to be the best one. But I'm sure it's fine. Like, you have to... The way that Marvel is set up, you have to do these middle movies to get to the place that you need to get at the end. That's the whole... Their whole setup is we're doing 900 little steps to pay off at the end, and then you get an end game. You get a Spider-Man, you know, No Way Home. That's, That's how Marvel is set up. Um... And yeah, I mean that's the same thing. Captain Marvel, you you have to introduce this character, you know. Um, uh, I, I I can't think of any more at the, off the top of my head, but they they all have their introductory movie, and yeah, they probably weren't the best. I mean, the first Captain America wasn't the best Captain America, yeah. you know. The the first Iron Man, I mean, that was a knock you know knock out of the park, but not all of them are great. But that doesn't mean they're all bad, and that doesn't mean that they're trying to do something to disrupt the culture or something, something. I don't know what people are thinking, but I'm excited to watch it. I had no desire to see it in the theater just because of I kind of knew what the movie was going for just in general with being a setup movie. In my opinion, that's what it was. So that's why I, I, you know, we didn't go see it in theaters. Um but yeah, I'm still excited to watch it and I, you know, to see how it ties into the bigger picture. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited to see it too, just to finally see it. I don't care what anyone says about it. I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm curious to see how this is going to plug in everything we've seen. So we've seen Spider-Man. We've seen everything. And it's like, okay, how does this play out? in the current MCU timeline or not the current timeline, but in what we're seeing now mm-hmm. in comparison to everything else that's been setting us up. And yeah, I mean, I have no clue who's who and what character. I, I don't care. I'm it's Marvel. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. 
And yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. I, it's got everybody in this yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody. Yeah. There's gotta I be mean, something. It's got everybody. Angelina Jolie's in this movie. Like Kumail. What? Well, yeah. Like, so much. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want to see so much. Harry Styles <laughs> is in this movie apparently. Like, there's so many people. Let's go back to Salma Hayek. <laughs> yeah. So, that guy from Game of Thrones is in this movie. Like, there's. <laughs> I think for me, it's. I don't have any expectations for a Marvel movie in a long time. And I think, uh, I, I know I didn't get to talk about Spider-Man a lot, but I'll jump in. I had a lot of expectations for Spider-Man. And I think there was some things that blinded me when I watched it. So that was the thing with that. So with this one, I have no expectations. And uh, I just know the director. I think a lot of people, that's the thing. It's uh, Chloe Zhao. Uh, she's not known for like a lot of movies. But the ones few, she's like a, I would say if you're comparing it to somebody as a director, people compare her like she's like the young, good director that someday is going to be, oh, remember when you were doing these movies and now they keep doing more movies. But it wasn't Marvel. That was not like her go to. So I'm going to watch it in a way where, yes, I want the characters, but I don't know that much enough about them. So it's fine. Just to watch it as a movie. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to because, like you guys are talking about, we got Sam Hayek, you know, and we also got the uh, Tomb Raider, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> and we have, you know, Kumail, who's not really, he loves Marvel so much. This guy's always talked about wanting to be in a Marvel movie. He, like, beefed himself up just to be in this role, which is super funny because if you know him, he's, like, totally not like that. So it's like, it's really cool to learn that it's going to have Marvel ties, but it's like just a general movie to watch. I want to watch it like that. So that will be, that's what I'm looking forward to and not having no expectations. From the company that brought you such classics as Iron Man 2 and Thor Dark World comes an all new Marvel film about 27 aliens coming to change <laughs> phase four. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. I'm kind of there with you, man. Like I said, sadly, it's got a really low score, and it keep. I mean, it keeps popping up, right? As because my, you know, TikTok for you page algorithm or whatever knows that I tend to watch, you know, certain Disney and Marvel things. It knows what to throw at me, and so sometimes I'll try to throw it off, and I'll go into like, <laughs> like gardening TikTok or you know something different, <laughs> oh, so it. that. You know, it, it just does these like random things and it's like, where's where's the algorithm going? We don't know what you like, Hazen. Oh, no. You know, that's right. TikTok, I'm on to you. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I'm excited to see it. But I mean, the last thing that I saw was that it had like a 50 percent like Rotten Tomato score. And I just keep thinking, is that because the movie's not great or is it because people are just being haters you know because they the don't marble, like, like exactly exactly category. because it doesn't fit the common marble mold but you know the i don't know like some origin stories are great like look at black panther black panther was a freaking oh. great origin story and that's yeah. another one i had no expectations when i went in because I didn't know a lot about Black Panther at all. And then that movie, I mean, I don't think there's going to be anything that gets that close because part of it's, you know, brought, you know, the main actor bring it. Yeah. Like he bring as good as you could bring it, I guess. But that was no expectations. And I loved every minute of that movie, just watching it cinematically for that reason. Yeah. 
Well, uh, again, once it releases, obviously we have an opportunity to watch it. We'll talk about it in an upcoming episode. We could talk about what we liked and didn't like about it. But if you've had an opportunity to already watch it yourself, if you went to the movies, driving, whatever the case was, let us know what you thought. Just yay or nay. Uh, If you can tell us how you felt without being too spoilery, we'd love to hear that as well. And uh, if you don't want to post it, not to be, you know, not to post any spoilers, you can always send us uh, a message on Instagram and we'll be happy to, you know, read it on an, in an upcoming episode as well. So I was looking um, at, at, hold on, I was looking at the uh, ratings on IMDb because I think those are a little less skewed. Um, so uh, Eternals has a 6.8 on IMDb rating. Out of 10. And I'm ca- out of 10, yeah. Um, Captain America: The First Avenger has a six point nine on oh, interesting. IMDb. Um, Good comparison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to find something. Most of the Marvel movies have about a seven point eight. Like yeah. it's not. I mean, even like let's see. I don't know what I didn't look up Endgame, but like uh, the first Iron Man has a um, has a seven point. Yeah, Endgame has an eight point four. So it, it according to this, I think more fair rating platform i think it's it's not doing bad in comparison if you compare to captain america the first movie which i said earlier wasn't the best movie but it's also not a bad movie yeah so i I enjoyed it i mean yeah yeah, it's funny my Mm -hmm. wife is actually going through the entire uh infinity saga right now with the exception that that now she has all of the disney plus shows as as well and so Mm -hmm. she's been watching a film whenever i can watch one with her i'll sit through one of the films with her uh but now she's getting you know she's at the point where she's asking more questions and she's like oh well you know this happened here like what does that mean i'm like uh, wait till the next movie or uh, wait till you get to this one you'll get your answer and so i want to jump in and tell her what's happening but i know that it'll ruin something that happens like a movie or two later so uh my wanting to talk about that like i'm i I'm, i'll be glad when she's finally done with it because i'll feel like we'll have so much more to talk about once it's over i just don't want to be like like eyes wide open when certain things happen and she's like oh no something big's gonna happen you know what i mean because <laughs> i'll just be giving stuff away the whole time so. <laughs> yeah uh hey since we're talking about movies uh turning red pixar's next film which was supposed to be in theaters in a couple of months this year. You know, I was looking forward to seeing another Pixar film at a movie theater because the last few films uh, that they've released have gone straight to Disney+. Plus. We saw it with Soul. We saw it with... Uh, was Onward also released Onward. on Disney Plus? Yeah. So Onward, Onward had, yes. a, had yes. the had paid a split, thing, right? Though. Oh, it had yeah. a premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. it had the premiere uh, plus release. So you did have to get that then I think Soul was the same. I think you did have to pay. Yes. Um, oh, no. no. Soul was free. No, 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 no. Yeah, The Soul rest of them are free. Soul and Luca, um, Luca were completely free. Correct. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, Turning Red is, instead of uh, getting released at movie theaters, we're going to get it straight on Disney+, Plus. Uh, I believe in March. Thoughts on this? Because I could tell you, this kind of sucks. <laughs> Oh, it does. I mean, and we said it with Luca, you know, you work on this project and you don't get to see it where it was meant to be. And that kind of burns like we're, ooh, it's like, man, flashback to last year. It's almost like 
it's out of our control, kind of, because of what's happening, unfortunately, again. I just, I don't know how, I'm going to just say in my mind, I'm just hoping and I'm wishing and I hope this is like what's going to happen. I hope they get some sort of payment for what they've done. I mean, give them a little bit of Spider-Man cash. There you go. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty. There's a 1.5 billion. Go for it. Just saying, Disney. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's interesting with the, the with like how the Pixar movies are made and everything like that. And I, I kind of see where they're coming from with this. They say it's Pixar. This is everybody loves Pixar. So we gotta have this. This is gonna be great to put on Disney Plus because all we as Disney a company care about right now building disney plus we want everybody to go to disney plus and we want them to go to disney plus and on they want to go to disney plus so we'll bring pixar everybody loves pixar we're gonna put it to disney plus and yay but then it makes the people that made the movie feel really bad because it makes them seem that like hey we weren't good enough to go in the movie theater you put spider-man there you put mulan there you put black widow there you put in theaters yeah, exactly. The Di- Walt Disney's picture, Walt Disney Pictures, you know, animated release in t- went to theaters, but us at Pixar, nobody cares. Like it's whatever. Put it on Disney Plus. Now, I don't, I don't think it's as malicious as that. I think it is more of a business-minded. We want people to go to Disney Plus thing as opposed to we don't think your movie is going to do well. And granted, we. Uh, Bef- there is a huge spike in cases right now and so maybe they are you know forecasting a a downturn in theater you know turnout so they might say well we'll make just as much money with new subscribers on Disney plus or however whatever metric they do but either way it doesn't boost morale at Pixar when three and a half of their movies went straight to Disney plus. And then they didn't even get a the um, to be considered for a paid up, you know, the the premiere access saying, oh, you're not good enough for premiere access. You don't think we're worth the extra thirty dollars or whatever. So it's it's stinky for them, but I'm excited to see it. I guess it's like (laughs) two handed thing, like a double sided thing. Yeah, I think looking at it now, you know, I I agree with every point, including Melissa. Like, I hope that they found a way that they don't lose bonuses because of this. Because I know that sometimes these contracts are built out years ahead when they're making these movies because they take a long time. And you would hope they wouldn't lose any compensation if they did that they did what they did with Black Widow and helped out and found an agreement. And then obviously Andrew's saying it's just, you know, for the people the animators and the storytellers it's a bit of a blow but you gotta look at it in the place of you are like the children's come to with pixar movies that was always the goal is trying to keep it child orientated right and they need to boost those disney plus numbers because we've been seeing like hazen you've bring out the podcast like they level out sometimes their numbers and you know netflix is still growing according because they just have more things on their channel that are not just child-based or like you know user-friendly I'm not user friendly, but like uh, family friendly, friendly, family friendly. There you go. I think the big thing for me, what this does now, which is scary, I think for Pixar, if I was at Pixar, what I'd be scared of and kind of feel a little bit more uneasy about the whole thing 
is this puts a lot of pressure on the movie Lightyear. Because if yeah. that doesn't pay out like everyone's thinking it's going to pay out, it starts looking like a trend that you don't want it to look as that, oh, no, like maybe Pixar doesn't have that same shine as it used to. When It's just unfortunate because it's just not fair if they keep putting them on Disney+. Plus. It's just not giving it that theatrical. There is a part of it being in theaters that gives it a little bit more of the don't spoil it. Go watch it yourself. You know, the be in the theater with the popcorn. We talked about this before. So it's tough. It's a tough point. It's, that's the part I feel for them. Like the pressure has to feel big because, you know, that one's got to stay in theaters. Lightyear is the money shot now, I feel like, for Pixar. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is that it it kind of revolves a lot around the Scarlett Johansson thing, right? Because she was expecting to make money. Like her original contract had something to do with how much she made at the box office was going to essentially correlate with how much money she made in the end. And without it getting a box office release, then she wasn't going to make as much money for Black Widow. And so that's kind of what we're seeing, right? Like uh, on, on a monetary standpoint, Soul is technically seen as one of the biggest flops for Pixar. And yet I think it's one of the best movies that Pixar's ever released. Right. But in comparison, like it only made seven million dollars, but because it didn't have a full theatrical release, when you compare it to some of the other stuff, whereas something like, let's say, Cars 3 did have a full theatrical release and made three hundred and eighty three million. If you want to talk about a flop, maybe (laughs) you should start looking at the lineage of some of the uh, some of the sequels that you've made. Right. This was this was a thing that Gavin and I used to talk about a lot where one of like he just didn't like sequels. Right. And I can understand like why sequels happen. It's it's why we got a Toy Story 4, because you're banking on characters that already exist. And that's great. You want to use the franchises that you have. You want to put them to use in the parks. You want to keep them fresh in people's minds so that they don't become obsolete in the parks. And so you need another Toy Story for that to happen. You need another Cars film for that to happen. I get that. But when you have movies like <laughs> The Good Dinosaur, right? Man, I love that film. Like, I I get so much flack for that. And The Good Dinosaur barely made over $300 million as well. You know, but it's not. it doesn't have good representation in the parks either. You know, you throw Arlo in the parks, how many people are going to all of a sudden want to see the good dinosaur? You know what I mean? It's all about. Nobody's going to say, that's a dinosaur. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like it, there, there is a, a part of, of all of this that does feel like Pixar is kind of being treated as the you're not the Disney studio. And that kind of sucks, right? Because I, I I don't feel that that was the trend before. And had it been handled differently at the pandemic, I I don't know. It's a it's really difficult to make these calls. I don't know what the rhyme or reason behind it is. I know at the beginning it was easy to say, hey, you know what? We're going through a really crappy time. Let's just release Soul for everyone to see on Disney+. Plus. Nobody can go to the movies right now. Okay, I get it. But things are opening. People are vaccinated. People are willing to go see this in the, in the movie theater. We saw that with Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. can't we see that with Turning Red? 
Yeah. You know? I mean, this is the only thing I can think of as well. Like I said a second ago, I think they're forecasting because this had, this was set to be released in theaters. It's not like it was always, set, they had a release date. It was March 11th or whatever. Yeah. January, when, when was it? Whatever March the day. March 11th. March 11th. Yeah. It was going to come out in theaters and they said, just, they said, we're changing it. It's going to Disney plus. So they did have plans. It's not like soul and, and, um, uh, da, ba, da, ba, da. the other one, right. uh, on, 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 no, uh, uh, Luca. Oh, Luca. Luca. Thank you. Yes. Luca, where they never got a theatrical date. This one had a date and then they pulled it. So my guess is, is that there's some thing where they're forecasting the decline because of Omicron and, you know, uh, the, flu 19 i don't know all the different variants uh the Widowmaker. i don't know all the different things that are coming with the covid stuff but anyway that that's the only thing i can think of that is not the um that's not that's like the the least worst thing i could think of is this is why they're doing it because they are thinking that the theaters are going to to take a big dip and so they don't want it to look like a flop in the box office so they'll just put it on disney plus so there's no numbers to show but why not delay the release again like why not release it as a summer film instead historically because they have enough stuff coming out in the summer maybe i don't know i haven't looked well, at the slate Buzz, the lightyear movie is supposed to come out because then they'd have right? to push yeah. everything else but- but if you think about it, historically speaking, films released in March don't do very well to begin with. Like people don't really you, you don't have these like smash hit movies until like May or June when it kicks off the summer season. And if that's when Lightyear's coming out, great. And you know, like the beginning of summer and usually in the winter around the holiday season, like Thanksgiving, Christmas is when you kind of see another bump uh in in box office sales. Why not delay it again? You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting more heated than I need to be about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Uh, Hazen, uh, Beauty and the Beast was released in March. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm not saying that it's impossible. <laughs> Batman versus Superman was released in March. I Captain made my Marvel, point. Hunger Games. Be- the other and that yeah. proves my point. <laughs> Zootopia was released in March. That was a Logan bring up Black Utopia. Panther was released in March. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. I stand that's corrected. Marvel. That's a bit. I, I would say Zootopia. I do agree with you too, Hazen, that see Zootopia was a very cute, cool movie, right? Made over a billion out. dollars worldwide. But what really kicked it into a, I think of fan favorite is when they started bringing them in the park in like DCA and they had like those photo ops you could do with them. I think that really helped with the children and the people that had seen the movie and the families that really bring that to a different level. So I do agree with you that too, like bringing it into the parks, into that realm. Like we don't see the same kind of advertising that we used to. Yeah, the marketing's not there. It's not there. That I haven't seen besides when we saw Spider-Man and and saw was it Spider-Man we saw Sing Two and saw the Turning Red preview. Besides seeing the like once on YouTube when the when the trailer premiered on like the Disney uh, the Pixar like Instagram, those are the only two times I've ever seen any advertising for exactly. Turning You're Red. Right. You're right. It's there nowhere. There hasn't been any. I've seen the Lightyear thing like eight bajillion times. Yeah. But I've not seen anything for turning red so it's it yeah that doesn't bode confidence for them and it's yeah it's i i don't know 
Somebody gets paid a lot more than I do to figure all this stuff out, I guess. I mean, and that's how it's kind of been for the last couple Pixar films, right? I mean, well, that I don't know, because I remember seeing a lot about Luca. Like, I think mm-hmm. there was yeah. a lot of posts, a lot of fanfare around Luca. And so that's why this one is, I, I don't well, know. Well, there was a lot for Soul, too. I remember a, a decent amount of advertising for Soul as well. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what I, yeah, I mean, you think they'd have to have these advertising campaigns like way in advance you know, to make sure everything's in line. I'm like, okay, we're going to release it on this day and da, 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 just by the nature of how these things work. So it's very bizarre just how it's all playing out. And I'm excited to see the movie either way. <laughs> it looks that. very funny. It looks really funny. I think it looks it's adorable. Too. Yeah. You know, I was curious, uh, since we were talking about box office, uh, I was curious to see how Encanto was doing, considering that it did get a theatrical release. And maybe because of the fact, like you said, you know, with Omicron surging and everything, maybe they are just afraid of it looking like a financial flop, regardless of what the film, you know, how good the film is. Mm -hmm. But since debuting on Thanksgiving, like we're a couple months in and Encanto's only made 92 million in North America and it's made 215 uh, global. So the 215 number is low, but 95 in America isn't that's a decent number. Like, right. And it's close to 100 million. Like that's that's still pretty good for America. Right. One country with 300 million people in it. Right. But the film had a budget of 150. Yeah, so, I mean, but you got that overseas stuff. So, it's, I've been listening to a lot of Blank Check recently, the podcast, and they talk, they do these numbers all the time. So, it's like, I have a fresh in my mind, like, comparatively. (laughs) But, yeah, that's a lot of money. uh, But hopefully, it makes more. It's a great movie, but it's it's, uh, already on Disney Plus, and that's one of the, the downsides to putting it on Disney Plus so quickly. Yeah. Um, everything, you know, the, the DVD hasn't come. I mean, I'm going to, you know, talk like an old man and be like, remember you'd get the movie, see the movie. And then you have to wait like what, uh, two years or whatever. It felt like two years until you could get the movie on DVD. Yeah. Um, so it, it has to, I'm sure bite into the, um, box office numbers when people know, Hey, in two months, it'll just be on Disney plus anyway. So, whatever. Like, I don't even think Jungle Cruise was this quick to go to Disney+. Plus. No, it um, waited a bit. You know, I'll tell you the truth. The idea of the premiere access on Disney+, Plus. I know a lot of people were really upset about it because it was like 30 bucks to view a movie ahead mm-hmm. of time when they knew that it was going to be available for free. But if it was like $20, I don't think many people would have complained about it. I think the 30 just felt like a really hard money grab to people. And that's why they were so upset considering that there was a lot of people out of work because of the pandemic or, you know, they were, uh, you know, furloughed, whatever the case was. And that was one of the biggest reasons why soul got released the way that it did. And I totally understand that. But if you continue, like, let's, let's use your model, Andrew, because I don't think you're too far off. I, I think you're really, you know, very, very accurate as to how this is going to play out where they do use Pixar as 
you know, a vehicle to try to get people to sign up for things like Disney Plus. However, it could also go horribly wrong and people get angry enough that they're saying, I don't want Disney Plus. I just wanted to watch this movie, you know, and without a free trial Mm -hmm. or anything to give it a shot, people may not be inclined to watch it, which in turn will look like the numbers are lower. Now, the premiere access I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think that if you're upfront with people and say, hey, it's $20 to watch this ahead of time and it will be available for free, I think you'll get families that'll pay the $20 to go see it. Because we paid like 12 to go watch it at a drive-in where we could have paid 20 and just stayed home to watch, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we could have made our own food. We could have got whatever. So... I think there is a market for it. I just think it was marketed really poorly from the beginning. And it just felt like all of a sudden you're getting charged for something that you're going to get for free. But I really think there's a way for it to work. It seems like they should have the premier access. Now we're getting into a whole different bag of worms, but maybe they should have done that a different way and partnered with somebody else or something like that, or did it through like Hulu or prime video or something where they, they had a, you know, you could rent it or whatever. So it didn't seem like, Oh yeah, this is Disney plus and we're releasing it. And then like in 45 days, it'll just be free on there anyway, because it, it did kind of feel like I'm already in the app here and it's gonna be there. I know it. Yeah. So why should I pay in, you know, I remember paying for onward and I, I had no problem with it. Like, but I, you know, agree that the $30 is, it just seems like everybody else is in the $20 yeah. range. Yeah. And then this is, it's $30. Corella was well worth it. Yeah. That's all I got to say. True. Was, true. And look, I think there's always going to be films that are going to feel worth it. Right. And in yeah. comparison, I, I totally understand the pricing behind it because in comparison, a family of four is going to spend 50 to $90 depending on the time of day that you go to a movie theater. And mm-hmm. unless you get like a really great matinee discount of uh, four people are probably still going to pay 20 to $25 depending on the area that you live in. So there, there is something to be said for the $30 price tag, but I think you touched on something really important, Andrew, especially Hulu, considering that Hulu is a Disney owned primarily disney owned company it is kind of split still but it is primarily 67 percent they own yeah i i think that they could work it out with the other studios where you know they could sell it on hulu for 20 25 bucks or whatever and you open up your audience to a whole bunch of other people that aren't necessarily subscribed to disney plus i think disney underestimates how many people have something like hulu because they want the adult content but don't always have Disney Plus because maybe they don't want the additional content that's there because it is heavily, heavily inclined to be more child specific uh, on Disney Plus than on the other services. It's a whole bag of worms, and I just hope we can uh, get over COVID and everybody be healthy, and then we can just go to the movies. Because isn't going to the movies fun? Yes, go to the movies. Yeah, it was a nice. It was like a nice to go to the summer. movies. Yeah. And not have to worry about it. I'm telling you, man, mm-hmm. as soon as it's safe to fully go and movies. we don't have to worry about a new variant or whatever, dude, Podcasters Day at the Movies again. I think yes. it'll be great. Mm-hmm. And if Day they're the movies, still doing I'll give everybody a... Yeah. And if they're ahead, still sorry. doing it, 
I think we should look into what it would be like to rent out the theater just for our group. Yeah, and then I'll give yeah. everybody a hug. If you want a hug, then I'll give you a hug when it's safe <laughs> to do so. Free hugs from Andrew. Only if you're free hugs. Yay. Yeah. Um, we'll share popcorn. It'll be great. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever you want. We'll share soda. Milkshake. Once COVID's done. Yeah, we'll have two straws and a milkshake. <laughs> It'll be real cute. I think that's a good place to wrap this up. So if you have any thoughts on anything that we talked about in this episode, uh, leave a comment. Join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. But again, like we mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you over on Discord. We can have uh, much longer conversations there. And uh, if you're part of the FGP squad, like we mentioned before, there's also a special section for them on Discord. Anything else that you want to quickly touch on before we wrap up this episode? You know I always have stuff. Of course. <laughs> I have stuff. Quizneyland. New episode this week. Yay! Uh, same week. Yay. Also, um, go. I'm going to just say it again. I'm going to beat a dead horse. Go on Spotify and rate Podcateers. And I'm going to make a promise that nobody knows about. There's going to be the. Re- there's going to be something special coming once we get an actual rating on Spotify. We have to get. If we get to 25 ratings on Spotify, it finally shows up. So once we hit 25 ratings on Spotify, some there's going to be a special episode. Maybe it's the return of something that hasn't come in a while. I'm just making promises without telling anybody else on the podcast. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're going to get on to 25. <laughs> I'm making it up. There's going to some cool episodes going to come. Maybe it's the return of a beloved uh, segment on the show. Maybe it's something different. Who knows? But we got to get to that 25 uh, ratings on Spotify. So that we know there's hundreds and hundreds of you listening on Spotify. That's true. Maybe even more. I'm sure it's at least hundreds. I don't know. It is. There's at, there's at least more than 25 of you that listen on Spotify. That's true. And so, that we know for go, sure. There's so. at least 25. I have 24 accounts, and I listen to <laughs> all of them. So um, go on there, and then I'm going to have to, after this episode's over, I'm going to have to talk to these guys and see what we're actually going to do about it. You know what I heard? But do it. As Andrew was huh. talking about what he's promising, all I heard was him talking and then pulling a homer where he's like, I think we need to do this. And then he's like talking and talking and talking. <laughs> you better come up with something good. And then this and this and this. <laughs> it's going to be good. Whatever it is. I have an idea, but I'm not going to say it right here. But I have an idea of what it oh, is. And teaser. so get to that 25 on on uh, Spotify. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Plus, I'm just I'm just ma- making unilateral decisions for the whole show. That's whatever. I'm taking over. There's that, and <laughs> there's the whole. What are we gonna do for episode 400? Because we're so close. You know, Ooh, wouldn't it be so Very cool close. if we got to 25 by episode 400? That's only a few episodes away. You know, wouldn't what? that be so cool? I agree. If we can get to the 25 ratings on Spotify, so that we actually show up as a rated podcast that would be fantastic by episode 400 i mean this is episode 395 so we got like what five episodes that yeah that, that well, we gotta do it in four wise, though right? yeah I, mean, I can do we gotta do it in, mm-hmm. yeah we gotta do it but yeah but we gotta do it in four so we have the time to record oh, the, right. the, the live episode or whatever the special thing yeah we got a special thing that I might just, <laughs> the whatever which, you might have to beep what i mumbled right now i don't know anything about so it's a surprise to me too <laughs> it's a super right? secret surprise i i just came up with right now on the spot no so nobody yeah well i'm it's gonna be cool i'm intrigued i'm gonna go leave yeah. my comment on there because now i just want i might have to open 25 accounts just to 
leave the comments. <laughs> just because I'm curious about what Andrew's planning. <laughs> I got a great plan. It's going to be a lot of work for everybody, but it's going to be Yay, a great plan. Yay, more work. Yay, lots of work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. FTP anyway. Squad, we got a happy hour call coming soon, so make sure to set your reminders once we post that on our Instagram stories. Uh, we miss all of you, so we're looking forward to the next call. Uh, it's going to happen towards the end of January, so stay tuned for the information as soon as it's available. And I think we have uh, fun on a more adult level, especially when we do the happy hour calls. So it's always fun because it, you know the podcast itself is rated PG uh, to some extent. It's rated some somewhere between G and PG, I think, because, you know, we have kids that listen. I know my kids listen. I know our friends' kids listen. And so we try to keep it what we used to call minivan friendly so that everyone can enjoy it. But happy hour, oh, boy, that's a different story. There's a... Uh... Oh, this one's for the minivan right here. Fart. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are going to be busting up. So there you go. That's for you, kids. I guess that's where we're going to end it on. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. In the magical justice system, there are two equally important groups, Andrew and Hazen. To car insurance. <laughs> These are their stories. Dun, dun. <laughs> These are their stories. Yes. Part of the Podcasters Network.